0: Addiction is a disease that impacts all of us. Whether you, your neighbor, friend, or family member is struggling, everyone feels the pain of addiction. Recovery Centers of America, Monroeville, wants you to know. That addiction treatment works and recovery is possible. Call 1-888-RECOVERY-NOW for help for yourself or a loved one. Recovery Centers of America have helped thousands of patients across the United States and here in Western Pennsylvania start a better, healthier way of life through their evidence-based inpatient and outpatient treatment programs. Welcome to Record Store Society, a production of iHeartRadio. And
1: some people now have these controllers that have buttons where you're just like tossing in samples in between uh, songs. So I don't know, I guess technically that would probably mean you're kind of remixing things. But yeah, I don't, I, I think blending doesn't really fall into that category.
2: We're probably going to be talking about this a lot while, <laughs> while we discuss remixes is what, what constitutes a remix and what does and doesn't. Yeah. Const- yeah hmm <laughs> i guess we'll get into this <laughs> oh hey hi uh welcome to our record store i'm seth and this is tara uh feel free to look around and just give us a shout if you need anything uh, i feel like we, we kind of get into this a lot when we're kind of dissecting ideas is like what is the definition what's the minimum what's the maximum and kind of like what's everything in between but uh oh oh yeah. but uh, but hey look who's here it's treasure fingers hello hey what's up guys how you doing, hey. sir? Good. Just needed to
3: drop in, see what you guys are up to. Uh, see what's uh, same, the aisles.
2: Yeah, same, same <laughs> as always. You know, standing around chit-chatting about music. And uh, actually, you're, you're you're an excellent guest for today because uh, Tara and I were about to do our high fidelity game about uh, remixes. But now you've done remixes in the past, right? You you've, you've done uh, that yeah, as your yeah. DJ
3: work. Yeah, I've done quite quite a few remixes. I don't know. I don't even know what my exact number is. Uh, in it's over a 100, which is cool, but yeah. I I don't know. I I need to uh sit down one day and actually make a list of what I've actually
2: done. <laughs> <laughs> well, well how how would you define yourself? You're definitely a DJ. Uh I would definitely call you a musician. Well, how, what what do you call yourself in that regard?
3: Um what I started out as was a musician first, then I would say producer. Mm-hmm. And then from there I transitioned to uh, DJing and the DJing and the production kind of come hand in hand, but I've always considered myself more of a producer than a DJ because when I DJ, it's mainly to play a lot of my own productions out Mm. or like-minded producers rather than, uh, a regular club or wedding DJ. That's just going to play, you know, whatever the crowd kind of wants to hear.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
3: And I've had to explain that a lot to, um, like I fucking hate small talk, but on airplanes it's very hard to avoid sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And people next to me always want to know what I do. And when I say DJ, their initial thought is like, Oh, why are you on this airplane flying to this other city to DJ? Can't you stay in Atlanta and do this? Right. And I and how I word it is like it's more like uh I've I'm in a different realm where I'm sort of the band the people are paying to come see me play my remixes and my tracks rather than go to uh just a regular nightclub to hear you know the latest top 40 hits or or whatever you know yeah so that's kind of the space i'm in i would say
2: i follow that yeah, but, but but you with your background in remixing uh you're going to be a perfect uh, addition to our game here uh, are you up for doing a top five remixes i'm yeah i'm always up for that nice all right well uh
1: actually hey wait seth yeah uh can we see so treasure fingers where are you playing are you playing any music right now anywhere like online,
3: yeah, only online uh, due to the coronavirus, kind of <laughs> shut down the industry. Um, but I, but I stream every Thursday night, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. That's my new my new club is Twitch.tv/TreasureFingers <laughs> with um, three S's at the end. <laughs> there were two other TreasureFingers that got to me first on Twitch, but. What? Uh, yeah, that's not cool. That's I, not cool. An, an easier URL for anyone listening is just treasurefingers.tv, and that'll redirect to my Twitch. So
1: nice.
2: Yeah. Good times. Cool. Well, you, you'll have to tell us also, uh, both of you, uh, uh, you as well, Tara. When it comes to DJing, if anything that we are actually discussing tonight has actually made it into anyone's DJ sets. Because I feel like there's like the, a pretty enormous difference between like a club ready remix and just you know artists fucking around remixes and the kind mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. what 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 you want because because when, when I'm looking at my list here of my top five, I'm not sure if any of mine would, would be ready for the club. No. Oh,
1: interesting. I think
2: I can say definitely none of mine would be club ready. But but yeah, so so let's let's tear through it. Let's have some fun with okay, this. Okay, yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> right, my, my number five. Um I guess i'll phrase it this way i'm i'm i'll I'll be saying them with the artist, the song, and then remixed by blank okay and then okay. also, uh, you know, obviously when, you, when you're narrowing down like the enormous, you know, list of remixes in the world, how are you going to go and narrow that down to five? One rule I made for myself uh, was, okay, these are all songs that I've listened to the remix way more than I've listened to the original. So that really helped me kind of narrow my list down to just a couple couple dozen or so. So my number five, Bob Dylan's Don't Think Twice, It's All Right, remixed by Animal Collective.
3: Alone, bound,
2: I
1: Whoa. I've never heard any Bob Dylan remix ever.
3: <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I've heard that either.
2: That's one reason why it kind of um, <laughs> entices me so much. Uh, basically, it's it, it was made for Bob Dylan's seventy fifth birthday by Animal Collective, and uh, as the rules of Animal Collective are, Animal Collective is what any time that at least two of the members are collaborating. So technically, this is a remix by geologist and Deacon, not all four members. But okay. anyway, um, it keeps a lot of like the really simplistic, you know, folky nature of the song, but then it adds a bunch of like almost like um, field recording, kind of like bird noises and stuff. Things get real swampy and groovy but um but it stays actually pretty close to the original it just kind of adds like an an extra like modern sheen to the to the song itself and also kind of like puts Mm, it in that animal collective world a little bit but it's great like um I, I like this song, obviously. I mean, who doesn't like Bob Dylan? But I like this version even better. And so um, I, I, it's also, I guess, kind of funny, too, that when Animal Collective were first breaking out into the mainstream scene, they were being being called freak folk a lot. But then they kind of stopped being folk very quickly. This is kind of them, like, almost recreating some real freak folk because it is okay. real Root, Bob Dylan. Because, yeah, the song is from a Freewheeling. So, you know, back in the old days of Dylan... But with that uh, with that animal collective sheen on top, and it's it's wonderful. Like I would almost call it an animal collective song more than I would call it a Bob Dylan song. But oh, okay, so, interesting.
1: Uh, what's the trajectory of their career that they made this song or a remix?
2: You mean like like where were they in their career? Like, yeah,
1: wh- yeah.
2: This this, this this was pretty like, recent. I think new? this one was um, probably like three or four years ago. So so. 2016 ish, probably. And um, gotcha. yeah, so no, they're already deeply established, 100%. People already know what's happening. And, um, you know, I, I try not to worry myself too much with, with what uh, other people think, but um, uh, Bob Dylan fans were not a fan of this remix. <laughs> <because> <laughs> I,
3: I can tell you from experience, the original artist fans always hate
2: the remix of course they hate it interesting hate it. yeah some people are squares they don't like new stuff that's cool yeah that's cool hey how, however um, you want to consume music that's fun you know yeah
3: as a as a remixer i tend to try to avoid negative online comments but uh those get hurled if you but it depends on who your remix but uh any bigger acts they they do not like what you did with their favorite <laughs> artist song <laughs>
1: I wonder why why they chose that one, or are they just like, oh, you know what? This song would sound really cool with some like birds huh. in it. Um let's remix it and add some birds.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna guess it's tempo, honestly. Because 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 oh. by stripping out the original, like almost like chugging momentum and making it much more focused on like his vocals it's it, it's a much more like lethargic song that way. And I think maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know, but, um,
1: gotcha. So they did, they did strip out sort of the like beat and yes. stuff and change, change that part of it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. At, at least
2: changed it up. I'm not going to say they entirely removed yeah. it or changed it, but they definitely altered it quite a bit. It's, yeah. it's much slower, much more swampy, but, uh, in, in a good way. Uh, so yeah, no, that's, that's, that's my number five. Cool. Number four jj dooms and actually there's a word in this song title that i don't want to use but just so we all know what i'm ta- saying i'm gonna i'm gonna use it once while i'm saying it but then i'm never gonna say it again so jj <laughs> <J>. dooms <laughs> retarded friend remixed by tom york and johnny greenwood cold and stiff hold the if
1: if in case you need a facelift soul a gift. rip it like space time foam fold the riff.
2: Have you all heard this one? No, <laughs> I, I have
3: not heard this one either. This, I, I love how it's like two club DJs that, that haven't heard any of these.
1: But I know. But also, like but I said, along to, what you said. The, the, yeah. the,
2: none of these are ready for the club. Um, yeah, this one I absolutely adore. What basically what they did is I, ha- I have my assumptions about what this actually is because this this remix is given to like the credit is given to both Tom York and Johnny Greenwood but if you listen to it clearly the um the instrumentation for the song is taken from Johnny Greenwood's score from There Will Be Blood the uh this mm-hmm. and, and so because of that I think Tom York just did the remix but he stole so much from Johnny Greenwood that he gave mm. him co-authorship on yeah. it yeah it's <laughs> interesting
1: um, but
2: yeah. uh it's interesting too because technically so it's a J.J. Doom song, and, you know, J.J. Doom is obviously MF. Doom, Rest in Peace." And uh, Gennaro Jarrell, who, who did all the beats for that album. But since JJ, Gennaro Jarrell didn't do the beats for this remix, it's almost like it's just a new doom song backed by, quote, unquote, radiohead Tom York and Johnny Greenwood. So it's pretty wild, and it's really wonderful. And I'm just a big fan of Johnny Greenwood in general, all of his score work. And hearing one of his best scores wrapped over by MF Doom is just a- astonishing. It's it's really, 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 really good. And this was done for uh, Lex Records, did a 10th anniversary compilation. This snuck on there. And uh, other than being on the official J.J. Doom album, the original version, blah, blah, blah.
3: Okay. Yeah. So did, did so Tom York actually sampled part of the soundtrack or was it? something new that was created that sounded uh, like the soundtrack
2: if if he got something new he got the exact same performance somehow because okay, it, it okay. so he probably did sample it yeah yeah it sounds a hundred and ten percent like the okay. uh the there will be blood soundtrack
3: that definitely sounds like he sampled it then and then was like hey i i did this and <laughs> we're gonna put your name on it too
2: <laughs> especially too because tom york did another remix for mf doom later uh for his song gazillion ear so because of mm-hmm. that I presume that this was just an ongoing thing but yeah Johnny got side credit because all of his work was put <laughs> in there.
1: It's funny cuz um I've done a few sets since MF Doom died, yes RIP. And you know, you always try to find ways to like fit in, you know, when someone passes who we all know and love like from the music industry, you want to include something into your set somehow. So I was just like, okay, what you know, are there any remixes that I'm unaware of that would fit in with this particular type of set that I have? I don't remember seeing that one at all, but I remember seeing the Tom York one for sure.
2: Oh, gazillionaire. Yeah. is that
1: one? Is it like slow or
2: um well, it's got a lot of strings. and the ba- the the basically the base of the song is just like the percussive strikes of like the um the bow against the strings. So it, it is by no means like a traditional like, remix. Like it yeah. sounds it sounds odd, but 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 gotcha. I would say in a good way, in a really good is way. Is it
1: maybe it's like more of an edit or something?
2: Yeah, yeah. And and, and in fact, I, I would have to go back in time to like relive this moment in history to know for sure. But I feel like the remix version came out before the album version, because this came out on a compilation for an anniversary for a record label before the actual version on the album came out. But I'd, ha- I'd I'd i don't interesting. Know. I'd have to do the mind actually, map on
1: actually. Actually, can we interrupt your list just to ask uh, Treasure fingers a question? What do you think the difference is between an edit and a remix, or is there a difference?
3: Uh, t- to me, an edit is almost taking the fully recorded product and editing that, and a remix is when you have all the elements which are called stems. Uh, say you got the drums the bass, the guitar, the pads, the keyboards, the vocals. You have all that separated and then you're actually remixing it. Um, but I always consider an edit more... Not even changing the original too much, just like a slight edit, either changing the tempo a bit, the length a bit, or uh, most like disco edits, they just add a little bit of drums to it mm-hmm. to yeah. make, it, make it a little more DJ friendly and they'll tighten... Uh, nowadays, what a lot of people do is they'll take something, say a '70s disco track, which was recorded not to a metronome or anything. They just played it. They'll go in and they'll tighten that up so the BPM is really steady, so it's just easy mm-hmm. to, to mix. Yeah, um, you don't but, have
1: the drummer who's like hyped up on like cocaine from the yeah, club yeah, just, like, <laughs> <laughs> recording.
3: Yeah, just like going changing at
1: it. the tempo, getting faster and faster and faster. Yeah,
3: yeah. So I, it, to me, it's it's when you're just taking the full track and just doing some slight edits to it Um, and then the other side of that is a bootleg remix where you don't have the stems and you just take the original track and go crazy on it which is like it crosses that threshold of being an edit in my mind so
2: I'm gonna be very curious how you guys define this next song because uh, this one this one's a weird one I've I've had friends definitely tell me in the past that this doesn't count as a remix but I 110% say it does so I'll, I'll get you guys opinions <laughs> on it okay all right uh my number three britney spears till the world ends remixed by salem
3: have y'all heard this one i have not but i i can already tell I think I have it in my head what they did to it. <laughs> all
2: they did is they slowed it down. That's mm-hmm. all they <laughs> That's did. That's what's picturing. They yeah. made it real sludgy, real slow. And uh, th- I think they may have added like one or two sound effects, but basically nothing. It's 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 basically just that. Um, I know there's a lot of words for this. Uh, so ch- chopped and screwed, right? Oh yeah 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 yeah. And um, the new
3: term is slowed and reverbed. Oh, okay. It's a new a new trend online where they just slow it down and add a
2: shit ton of reverb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember a while ago, um I believe this was on John Wayne's first or second LP. I can't remember which one, but anyway, on it on the cover of the actual physical record, there was a little sticker that says, um, you know, uh 45 RPM records, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera for the chopped and screwed version played at 33. <laughs> oh wait. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah be yeah. Right. yeah, I'm doing is the math in my head about where yeah. speed yeah. is. <laughs> but, but yeah. But um but anyhow, anyhow. Uh yeah, all they did basically was turn down the speed. They made it much much okay. slower, much goopier, much more like it's playing through, you know, a bottle of cough syrup. And um <laughs> I love it. Love it to death. I think it 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 just really sounds great like it's it's got a really great vibe to just kind of the um i you know I, I i don't really know my britney that well i i know her singles that have kind of permeated popular culture but that's kind of the extent of it so right. i've heard this remix five thousand times and i've heard her version maybe once or twice so I'm, <laughs> I'm really not sure where the lines go but um i just love their whole witch house vibe i think it's a uh it's it's, yeah. it's a fun world
3: yeah i that's a tough one because t- technically it probably isn't a remix, but they did so much to it that strays from the original, mm-hmm. even slowing it down so much that it, I would probably consider it a remix. Or, a, uh, I don't know, an extreme, <laughs> an, an extreme edit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Extreme edit.
3: Extreme edits, volume one.
2: Oh, <laughs> I remember a long, long time ago, uh, myself and a friend of mine. Uh, we were in a band, and I wanted to do this song where basically um, I had an old forty-five of Yesterday, The Beatles' song, and when you played it back at thirty-three and a third speed, same thing, you would get that that chopped and screwed sound, you know. And I was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna take this. We're gonna put it on the album." And he's like, "Wait, put it on the album where?" I'm like, "Wherever we want. It doesn't matter. It's it's our song now." He's like, "It's definitely not our song now." <laughs> I'm like, "No, no, it is. It'll be great." And he's like. No, a hundred percent. No, we're not doing that. And I'm like, all right, we didn't, <laughs> but we still have the yeah. recording somewhere.
1: <laughs> I mean, I have so many questions about all of this. Just like, how do you get permission to remix a song or edit a song, et cetera, et cetera? You don't, or you're like, do I don't
2: you- think they had permission.
1: Yeah, no.
3: yeah, that, they didn't have permission <laughs> no. for that one. I'm trying to remember who did this, but someone did the same thing, but way more extreme of. I think it's a Justin Bieber song. Yes,
2: and they slowed it down 800%.
3: Yeah, yeah. So it's just like a drone experimental noise track at that point. Yes. Um, And I can't remember who did that, but I think that's a really cool experiment to do. Yeah. (laughs) Like take huge pop hits and slow them down 800%. Fully agree. But
1: like in general, well, I guess if if the artist is releasing their stems through their label or something, like you have permission, but in general, like you don't, you just kind of go at it. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, and wait for you them don't. to say cease and desist yeah
3: <laughs> yes well sometimes they will uh, the label will pick it up and either work out a deal or just be like hey thanks for remixing this
2: for free for us we own it so we're gonna go ahead and release it yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that, I, I believe that happened with um Fortet a couple of times. I, th- I think a couple of unofficial Fortet remixes that were made for fun eventually just got released as real because hey, they're always good. <laughs> you know? Like yeah, if yeah. you hear it, it's like, well, obviously we're just gonna release this now. Yeah. All right, you guys ready for number two? What
1: number that was number three? That was Dang, my number three. I feel like we're flying, yeah, we're yeah. flying through this Okay.
2: Here, here comes my number two. Um this one's much more traditional. Um, this is Beck's girl. Remixed by Octet.
0: Is
1: is this the um the the eight bit one? Ooh, no, 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 that's a different one. That's Summer Girl. That's Summer Girl. No, 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 no. no,
2: no, But you're thinking of the same song.
1: Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I love that remix. Sorry.
2: No, no, no. You're totally right. Maybe this is an eight bit remix.
1: Totally forgot about that.
2: I'm looking at my, uh, my my little like library here on my iPod right now, and because um, cause I remember Beck did this thing basically where he released Huero his album, and mm-hmm. then he had Huero Lito, where basically it's you know little Huero, and it's um, he remixed basically every single song on the album, and I think the song Girl got multiple remixes. I'm pulling this up right now. Yeah,
1: the eight bit one was cool as shit. <laughs>
2: No, no, I, I completely And agree. fun. Yes. Um, I can't
1: remember who did it, though.
2: Okay, I, I see what you're talking about. The Ghetto Chip Malfunction, Hell Yes, 8-Bit Remix. Is that the one you're not thinking hell,
1: of? Not Hell Yes, it was Girl, but I thought it was called Summer Girl, but maybe, Yeah interesting yeah, ham or something I, don't
2: know. I, I i think somehow we are thinking of the same song but in a different I way. i think
1: we are <laughs> yeah
2: but anyway uh yes this is this is the remix of that song that that song that sounds like my summer girl that yeah. song this is the yeah. remix of that song and it's incredibly good i think it's even better than the original i think the original is very good and this i think does have a far more traditional like you know structure of a remix it's got breakdown sections it does this it does that it kind of jumps all over the place but um far superior i think and i think that happens sometimes and what can you do you know
1: okay mine is called or the one i was thinking of is called bit rate variations in b flat
2: oh but of the same song yeah oh interesting i wonder what that one's from. but it's
1: like it's an eight bit version of that same song
2: Ooh. but it's
1: really cool yeah
2: hmm Good choice. I'm thinking of, I, I, now my mind's reeling about like the special edition of Huero versus Huero Lito versus the single versions. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember which versions are where, but I'm going to I'm gonna have to track this down. Anyway, anyway, I, I could dig, <laughs> I could dig around on Discogs all day or whatever, but I'm not yeah. gonna. Yeah. Let's get back to it. Um, and, and actually, coincidentally, my number two feeds into my number one very directly because my number two... Was a Beck song remixed by Octet. My number one, Beck is the remixer. And it's Philip Glass's NYC 73 to 78, remixed by Beck. Wow. I apologize for going so obscure what? on you guys today. I apologize. <laughs>
1: No, I mean it's Philip Glass that's really cool, but I just now I have to know what that sounds like. That's oh, that sounds cool.
2: Get this. Um, so it came from this entire album um, it, that it was released in honor of Philip Glass's seventy fifth birthday. So see, this actually ties back to my number five that was made for Bob Dylan's seventy fifth birthday. Um, so so this song was like the it, it, it was a two disc album so many remixes so wonderful everything's great but the uh the beck remix it's 20 minutes long and he samples 20 different philip glass songs in it and he just ties them all together into this big old like you know girl talk style mashup but super cool philip glass on philip glass on philip glass on philip glass and it's absolutely astonishing This is that era of Beck. That's actually one of my favorite eras that doesn't get enough uh, attention. He had a really bad back injury. And so for, I'm going to say, three or four years, he did nothing but release like 20-minute songs. Um, He did this uh, trilogy called Defriended, Gimme, and... um, I can't remember the third one, but they're all really good. <laughs> and he just released these individual singles. Each one was like 30 minutes long each. Then um, he released this. And then he did a, this other thing where he was making fun of Matthew Friedberger. So he made like a 20-minute song just to like own him. It was weird. Do you guys remember that?
1: <laughs> no. no. Do you I hate Beck now, though? That's your That's your boy. He
2: is my boy. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is the... Um, this is the very truncated version of that story because it is just one of my favorite weird rivalries in music ever because it involves three of that my favorite so musicians. Weird. So, um, wait, who's the
1: third? You'll,
2: you'll, you're about to find out.
1: Oh, <laughs> so, oh okay. Sorry. I'm so, getting ahead of myself.
2: So, Radiohead <laughs> released a song about Harry Patch, who was <laughs> the last living World War I soldier who died in England. But then there's also the musician Harry Parch. Okay, who does like a lot of avant garde, really complex time signature stuff like that, musicianship, blah, 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 composer? So when Radiohead were releasing a song about Harry Patch, Matthew Friedberger from The Fiery Furnaces misunderstood and thought that Radiohead was releasing a song about Harry Parch, and he took that as like an effrontery. He's like, "What? You're not qualified to do this. You're not weird. You're mainstream. Whatever. You know who? Who knows?" He went off on his MySpace page. (laughs) That's when this happened on his MySpace page, and um, you know, said that you know Radiohead were a bunch of hacks and in in very snarky (laughs) terms. By the way. I am doing this all from memory, so therefore I'm sure I'm getting many of these facts wrong. Um, So then Beck, being a friend of Radiohead's, was like, what? Fuck you, Matthew Friedberger. Fine. I'm going to do a song about Harry Parch, and I'm going to do it in the Wacky Time signatures and all the stuff that you were complaining about. Go. And then Beck releases this song about Harry Parch that is the most Fiery Furnaces song that Beck has ever written. <laughs> and it's, wow. It's wonderful. But it's during that same era <laughs> when Beck was putting out these like 20-minute songs. And I don't know how it's related to his back injury, but they overlapped for some reason. Um, he
1: had some time. Yeah. On the couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's amazing. But anyway, I highly recommend this song. Uh, uh, the Beck remix of Philip Glass, NYC 73 to 78. So Cool well that wraps up my list but uh treasure fingers it's actually your turn um how about we all take a break we all go get some uh coffee smoke a cigarette do whatever we gotta do uh you can gather up your records and then we'll come back here to count down your list sounds good we're right in the middle of the high fidelity game uh i just wrapped up we got treasure fingers coming up next and we're doing the top five remixes uh go ahead ash kick us off
3: all right yeah um i, I got a uh a warning here i've got six because oh. i did an, an honorable mention <laughs> and okay. it's it's the bootleg it's a bootleg. Okay. The rest are proper remixes. Okay. So.
1: Okay. Nice. Do, do you want the bootleg long, first? I have a long list of honorable mentions. Maybe we could go through those at the end. Or okay. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah like, let's save it. Okay.
3: Sounds good. All right. Number five. This one was tough. Um, I knew a Soul Wax remix would be in the top five because they're just incredible remixers. Um, fighting to see which one it was going to be was tough. But I settled on Tlaxon's Gravity's Rainbow, Soul Wax Remix. It's just classic like Soul Wax, but it's just them flexing as producers to where if you're a producer, you're just like, oh my God, what the fuck are these guys doing? (laughs) And it just keeps building and building and building. It's just a really incredible remix. Because uh, for one, it it works in the club; it gets people dancing. Two, it it doesn't stray so far from the original that you wouldn't recognize it if you're you know if you know the original song. Which there's a ton of remixes that just disregard the original and go off on a tangent. Um, but three, what I said just about the production of it is just pristine and crazy. It's just them. Completely shitting on every other producer out there, <laughs> so uh, I went with that one. But if you guys are familiar with Soul Wax and their remixes, they've done Tame Impala, LCD Sound System, MGMT, just every single one of them. They knock out of the park, so it was very tough to land on number five for that one.
2: Five is also always difficult because it like kicks out like you know basically every other song. Like your number five is saying. All right, there's the velvet rope. No one else is getting in tonight, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just to cut off.
1: Yeah. They have so many amazing remixes, and their list is just so long of songs. Yeah, they've also
3: just released, uh, I mean, they'll release an album and then they'll release their own remix album, like themselves. So it's, they're just very prolific uh, remixers for sure.
1: Super cool.
2: Um, I actually love it when musicians do that. When musicians basically, they have so much content and so much control over their own material that as soon as they're done with an album, they're like, eh, and here's the exact same album, but completely different. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Health does that. Like, I think for every album, there's a Health album and then there's a Health remix album for every single album. Um, Mad Villainy 2, uh, speaking of MF yeah. Doom again, I love Mad Villainy 2 almost as much as I love Mad Villainy because I love Mad Lib amongst everything you know
3: uh this i can't remember who did this and i just got the promo for it but in the bio write-up it had said something like we started to question ourselves if we're nuts or crazy because we started remixing our album before the original album even came out (laughs) so before they just just kept going and went back and remixed everything it made a remix album before the you know Everything even came out. So I love it. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. Shitty story because I don't know who did that, but. <laughs> 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 All right. So my number four spot is Phoenix Listomania, the classics remix.
0: Yes. There's yeah.
1: actually man that there's so many remixes from that like sort of era of indie dance music <laughs> and that's yeah. one that's like kind of legendary for sure
3: that's what i was diving through mentally cuz there's like you said just so many good remixes and that era was it was remixes that worked on a dance floor but also you could listen to them literally doing anything else so it was it was just a good time for for uh, dance music um, that one, I feel like they just kept the integrity of the original, but really put a classics touch on it. And it just turned out phenomenal. It's one of my favorite remixes ever done, for sure.
2: You're absolutely right, though. That Yeah, that there's that era of like dance rock where basically Franz mm-hmm. Ferdinand, fucking Arctic Monkeys, everyone had like <laughs> that kind of Gang of Four aesthetic. We're just kind of like having that like disco beat behind rock and roll. And then, yeah, you just need to give that just like one more nudge and then it's just pure disco, <laughs> you know, because yeah. the, the, the beat is already what's holding it together. That's because I, I was thinking about um, a Franz Ferdinand, the Avalanches remix that I almost uh, put oh, on yeah. my list. But, um, but yeah, you're right. There's a lot from that era. That, that that era was just kind of primed for remixes. Yeah. I think that whole
3: mid-2000s where it was like a precursor to Blockhouse because It was indie bands getting remixed, and then that sound popped off to where new artists came out and made, created that sound that sounded like you know indie bands being remixed, but they were original artists at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, great point. Yeah,
1: that's true. Like, okay, wait. So, like, who would be one that sort of came out after that sort of era? That sounded sort of dancey.
2: This probably isn't a great example because they're so electronic already, but latter-day Daft Punk sounds like a remixed version of an existing band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they they already incorporate so much soul and all that kind of stuff into their sound that when they make an electronic version of whatever it is they're doing... It sounds like someone remixed something that they didn't. It's all original.
1: Yeah, I see what you mean. I was about to be like, no, because I'm a Daft Punk stan, and just like, (laughs) hell no, like they they've been like that the whole time. But I see what you're saying if you think about that song with, uh, oh, what's his face from The Strokes, Julian Casablancas. That one's uh, right, yeah. Yeah, the song is slow, but it kind of has those sort of um, dance or like almost seems remixed, like a remixed vibe.
3: I think someone who kind of was a pioneer on this but like leading up to it uh was the faint mm. they just had a great electronic sound but obviously a you know an, an indie band at at the heart of it
2: yeah yeah great call
3: all right number 3 and this is such a tune just goes off every single time i played it and if i hear it anywhere i'm in pure just delight <laughs> It's the Whitest Boy Alive, Golden Cage, Fred Falk remix.
2: So, you know day.
3: so, this is another one that I feel like <laughs> all of mine are like, works in the club, keeps integrity, the original, kills it on the production. <laughs> but Fred Falk, uh, amazing bassist and musician, um, he really just did his thing on this and took uh you know took the soul of that original song and really put his thing on it and it's an impeccable remix. I, it's hard to f- even the fact that it's not number 1 and the two above it are more just uh I would say this one this is a weird statement but this one probably should technically be number 1 mm. from a uh just uh, if I was going to judge it by, you know, merits and all of that. But um, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll leave it at that and we can.
2: <laughs> we'll compare and uh, contrast when we get to number yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Man, I feel like everything, uh, I'm going to butcher his name. I hope I'm not going to, but uh, Erland Oye or whatever his name is. I feel like yeah, everything he touches to <laughs> Everything he touches is so good. Like Kings of Convenience, yeah. Why Boy Alive. Uh, what's that one song? Hey, hey, Leo! Uh, mm, my, hey, hey, Leon I Can't remember the other. title. Yeah, yeah, that that's
3: I know. Banger. His uh,
1: poorly, Le- poor Leo, poor Leon. Yeah, sorry. He
3: did a <laughs> uh, a DJ kicks or something, didn't he?
1: Did he? Do you remember? Ooh, I don't, I don't know. That's I need it if he did.
3: Either a DJ kicks or a, a fabric, one of those like compilation CDs back back when. Um, and it was incredible. It was the first time that I heard uh, Phoenix. Oh, what's this? <laughs> I can't remember. I know it's like when
1: you, it's like you could think of these details at any point, but yeah, as soon yeah. as you're on the spot, you're just like, I have no idea. But it's it was, Port it was first
2: Oh, okay. Sop. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, I, I should have talked about more Sop. <laughs> I just realized that just now. Yeah. You,
3: that just, <laughs> same. Yeah. Well, i'll roll into number two which this one is purely a club hit um and from a producer standpoint at the time i guess it was you know flexing on the producer front but it's Fuji's ready or not the zinc remix which is kind of widely circulated as dj hype remix but it's actually the zinc one Um, but apparently hype had assisted zinc with the baseline But this was just one that it just went the fuck off every time it was played, and it's obviously a big you know big song to begin with. But it's a jungle drum and bass version, um, and I think it came out in '95 originally. So it was in that prime late '90s rave era, um, and like I said, it's not. It's it's just amen drums like the amen break chopped up um the fuji's vocals some extra vocals chopped in and just pure energy um i don't know how else to to describe that one
2: yeah yeah
3: it
1: sounds awesome i feel like i'm getting more and more into drum and bass as of late whereas before the only i guess real drum and bass i was into maybe something related to like trip hop where it's more uh low like it's not like the full version of like a hyped up drum and bass track, right. you know, it's just like, it has an element of drum and bass in it, but it's still like a trip hop song.
3: Right. There's a lot of just IDM that most drum and bass DJs wouldn't play it out, but it is technically, you know, in that tempo range and it's the chopped up breaks and it's almost there. It's just, it's a little too, uh, too much for, uh, for the dance floor.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I don't actually know this one, so I can't wait to check it out. Oh
3: yeah, if if you just probably type in like Fuji's drum and bass remix, it comes up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just I don't even think a lot of people know who did the remix. They just know that it's a remix of Fuji's Ready or Not, and it's a big tune.
1: <laughs> that's cool.
2: It's funny yeah. how that tends to happen. Like like yes. like the lack of credit for uh, doing the remix. It's just it is the remix, and then that that's yeah. all that really matters. And then I think sometimes, too, I think this happens especially um, with hip hop pretty fucking often, is where the remix becomes the standard version. And then people don't even mm-hmm. realize that the version they love is the remix and not the original at all, you know? Yeah.
3: And I, I think that happened with this just because of the time period when uh, there would just be tons of, of white labels yeah. of it coming out and no, no credit to anyone on it except they hear you know Fuji's Ready or Not so um, I think that's why the misconception that it was the hype remix and not the Zinc remix happened but
2: Uh, do you know the year um, when this remix came out was it probably around the same time as the original single
3: um, no and I I don't even know if it was an original I mean an official remix I think it might have been a bootleg because I, I was um, thinking
2: also about the uh, the Napster slash LimeWire era where everything yeah. mm-hmm. got mislabeled. <laughs> like, yep. like, no one could easily and correctly understand where anything came from because it was just some asshole's like, personal labeling system that was just broken. <laughs> yep. Yeah, What's this super isn't funny, no
1: doubt. This is real big fish. Yeah,
2: exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's super funny with that era is
3: around that time... Uh, well, I'm still in a in a drum and bass group called Evil Intent, but around that time we were really kind of coming up and making some noise and getting our records out and stuff like that. And a remix of something hits, like LimeWire or Soulseek or Napster or whatever, and it was incorrectly titled as an Evil Intent remix, mm. and it wasn't us. And so we were like, "What the fuck? Who did this? Like, why is it titled this?" And we we're trying to find out and then it came out that uh our roommate at the time was like oh i did that and i i just made it that because i wanted people to hear it we were like wait what
0: oh my gosh
3: it was it was so bizarre because we spent we spent like a few weeks trying to figure out like where that came from or what
2: wow you know really bizarre and that's i mean you know i'm sure he's your friend but that's a that's a pretty shitty thing to do (laughs) yeah we were like wait what I, I recently read an article about like the, the, the number one ways that people um, try to uh, game the Spotify system. And that's a big part of it, is uh, mislabeling things with much more successful artists, obviously, is yeah. a quick way to do it. To, to basically pretend you have features and all this stuff that don't exist, just to get those initial clicks, initial listens. And then by the time it's figured out, you've already got your money, you're done. Anyway, yeah. that's, a, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> Damn. Yeah.
3: Well, on that real quick, I heard that some people will do, they'll create their own compilation of, or playlist, yeah. of a really big movie soundtrack. And then the second song will be, you're like, this isn't in the movie at all. What is this? And it's whoever made that soundtrack is just gaming the system, getting the plays.
2: I've heard the exact same thing. And and then another one I heard that was pretty wild was, um, let's say, hypothetically, uh, you figure out a genre that you know a lot of people are Googling. So, for example, um, music to sleep to... um, upbeat dance music whatever you know yeah then you just name your band whatever that googleable seo approved like thing is <laughs> so you you name your band upbeat dance music that way when uh, people are talking to their alexas or whatever they'll say hey okay google play upbeat dance music and then they start uh-huh. playing the band instead of playing like the the <laughs> genre or the idea yeah, and it's just oh, disgusting. God. I mean, I get it. People have to like make that hustle, however they can. But come on, <laughs> it's got to be yeah. a better way. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, leading into my number one, this is uh, Sneaker Pimps' "Spin Spin Sugar" Armad Van Helden remix. And this one is just, like, to me, just, uh, like, the epitome of, like, a fucking great, great remix that, like, a club remix. This is, like, the perfect club remix for me. Hmm. Um, And I'm I'm a huge Armad Van Heldon fan, so obviously, like, that's going to be number one here. But um, when I first heard this, I was into drum and bass, uh down-tempo trip-hop idm kind of like the weirder side of electronic music and i was out at a club or a rave or i don't know somewhere this is like 90s i don't remember <laughs> where i was at but the dj was playing house and i was there with my friends, so i'm just hanging out but i wasn't really i wasn't a big house head most of it i thought was a little cheesy or generic but i only really knew the bigger stuff i didn't dive deep into the the underground of it um and this came on, and it blew my mind. Like it, it basically made me a house head, Like within a few minutes of of it dropping, <laughs> um, and it's just got the uh, the sneaker pimps vocals in it. But I don't. Maybe Tara may know, but I don't think it has much of the original uh, instrumentation and all that. Armad Ben Helding pretty much kind of stripped a lot of it out and just. Went Amped to town it up, on it. yeah. Yep.
1: It's super amped up version of the song for sure. That whole era, I talk about this all the time um, and it's sad. I feel like, I sometimes feel like I'm the only one that remembers it though. I, I know it's not the case, but um, the like MTV amp
0: yeah. era, mm. yeah, from yeah, yeah.
1: 90, it's like 1996. Uh, and then like, I think it ended maybe right at 2000 or something like that. Just, there were so many, um, Electronic acts that came became legends, sort of during that time frame, and are now are just like you know huge, like Daft yeah. Punk or Chemical Brothers or uh, Thievery Corporation or yeah, like all those people. Um, and I feel like that remix kind of was out then as well. I think I was like I was like sixteen, and I, I was not, I was sixteen in nineteen ninety six. That tells my age. Yeah, I don't care yeah, we're the same but like age. yeah, so it's like. I mean, I definitely wasn't at any raves at that age, but um, (laughs) I I love that era so much. I I still listen to a lot of that music kind of regularly. Mm -hmm. And I tried to throw a party in Atlanta uh, based off of MTV Amp. And I guess (laughs) it just does not surpass the generations because only five people came. It was really sad.
2: Uh, (laughs) But like, I mean,
1: seriously, uh, uh, Fatboy Slim, like, Basement Jacks, all that shit. So good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'd be interested if any of the other vintage MTV shows would get any more of a reaction. Because I wonder, like, 120 minutes, I feel like, is something that one generation loves above everything else, but no one else really cares about anymore? Or something like we've talked about... yeah. Subterranean, our love for the show Subterranean, Subterranean and no yeah. one else really gives a shit. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I I wonder, I wonder if basically that entire generation of music video blocks are gone and no one yeah. cares anymore. Um, one yeah, I think it was something where you
3: had to have been there, and it's something about the age and also s- staying up late and just mm-hmm. it's a different connection to it than it just being purely good music. Yeah, um, but from that same time one thing that i love that got me really into just not that i'm like uh animate or anything but i love animation and just weird weirdo animated art stuff um but liquid tv was another thing from that that era that i if that was on i was glued to it same with amp same with like 120 minutes all those all those weird blocks that were like the late night mtv you know late 90s
2: Mid to late um, 90s, I guess. I'm very biased because I worked on it. But have you seen a show called uh, Cake? It's on FXX. (laughs) Uh, I have not. Look it up. It's very similar to Liquid Television. And uh, it's, it's one of the rare shows, I think, that actually push that idea forward in today's world because the whole idea of like the animated short, especially compiled into like a half hour program on television is such yeah. a nineties idea, Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's, it's a really good show. I really like it.
1: <laughs> That's an awesome choice for your, for your number one.
3: Yeah. And that cl- one's classic. clearly, uh, I mean, it, it is a really, you know, big classic remix, but for me, it's just, it just holds so much sentimental value of like, it really converted me into house music like within a few seconds of that drop, I think. I was just like, What is this? I want more of it. So
2: I, I love how different my list is from your list. They're so yeah. different. And I really love that. <laughs> and I, I wonder if we're gonna have any overlap whatsoever. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess Tara knows, but uh here, here, treasure fingers. I'm gonna ask you. I can you, tell you. Yeah. Do you think, Ash, that you will have overlap with Tara? On anything,
3: I think I would put a bet on at least one overlap. All right, <laughs> we're somehow and, and turning might, this into like
2: a sub game, and, and I, we haven't figured and I it out
3: I might put a second s- small bet on on two overlaps, mm. but uh, I could see I could see if see some some overlap so we'll see <laughs> <laughs> take my money all right all right well,
2: well let's uh let, let, let's go and get down to
1: terrace then hold on i just wanted to add too because i mm-hmm. wanted to add earlier but i didn't want to interrupt i feel like i can highly relate to the nostalgia and the influence of of your number one uh because I feel the same way. A lot of that stuff, like I said, I still listen to it on the regular and I still play some of that stuff out to the point where i like, want to have a whole party about it, but no one understands except for me. Like <laughs> all of that stuff, so, like Gus Gus is still mm-hmm. one of my favorites. So yeah. Anyway, I, lo- I love that whole, like that whole thing. And, <laughs> and, uh, sneaker pimps gosh i just totally blanked on their name is from like my favorite era as well of 90s musics so i love it it was a good one but yeah let me get into my list so
2: <laughs> well here let's take a break Sh- <laughs> terry you can okay. go gather up your records and then we'll uh, come back and you'll, you'll you'll tell us and we can uh, keep an eye out for uh, for any overlap right? Okay, we're back for our third segment in uh, our high-fidelity game top five remixes. I've gone. Treasure Fingers is gone. Tara, it's your turn now. Uh, are you are you going to be more like Treasure Fingers' list, which is like ready for the floor, or are you going to be more like my list, which is uh, hidden under a rock and for crying? <laughs> which one?
1: All of mine are ready for the floor. Mm. All of them. Um, but I'm going to kick it off with a legend. In the remix world, and that is Shep Pettibone. He's remixed so many nice. freaking songs, but my choice is Behind the Wheel, which is a Depeche Mode song. I'm to
3: keep. Do what you want. Uh, it's from
0: 1987.
1: I feel like what Shep Pettibone does really well is that he, he keeps songs very close to the original but pushes them enough into a new realm. Um this song, the remix version isn't very different from the original, but you know, it keeps all those same sort of like goth electro vibes but gives it just like a hint of house flavor for for the floor. It it's hard to choose a favorite Shep Pettibone remix actually.
3: Yeah. He uh a lot of his stuff too is it borders on that, like, edit. It's this edit slash yeah. remix. Because, like you said, he keeps he keeps the original intact in such a good way, but really makes it as DJ-friendly as it can be. Like, if you see a Chef Betty Bone track, even if you didn't know what it was, you as a DJ, you could play it, and you know it's going to work, and it's going to go off.
1: It's yeah. Just, it's yeah. just kind of like, It's like with taste. Because I feel like if you... You know, sometimes you are like, okay, well, I really want to play this song, but it's so slow. I wonder if anyone's remixed it. It's questionable a lot of the times. You have mm-hmm. to know who you're working with there, like who who remixed it. But there's so many people out there remixing stuff, and not all of it is great. And all of it is, you know, there's there's just so much to choose from. But uh, yeah, if you if you find a Shep Pettibone remix of a song, you know it's going to be like very tasteful. <laughs> Like, not too far from the original. It's going to work on the dance floor. People are going to love it.
2: That's such a good, a, 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 a nice, pleasant, and, like, respectful description of his remixes. <laughs> I really dig that.
1: He was huge in the 80s. And he was, like, working with Madonna and, like, actual, yeah. like, famous people. And I've he was on played, the radio.
3: I've played his, uh, his D-Train. Oh, uh, yeah. Edit. Like a lot on live stream, probably at least five times, I think.
1: The the one that How You Make Me Feel, or whatever it's called?
3: Uh was it? You're the one for me. You're the one What's for me. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. That's yeah. the one. That's amazing. I've probably heard it on your stream. All right. So that was number five. Number four, Ode to the OG, ATL, Treasure Fingers. <laughs> Walking <laughs> <What>? <laughs> on a Dream. By Whoa! Empire of the Sun nice. Remix. Nice one. I never play the original. I always play your version when I... Oh, thank you. If I play this song, which it's been a while. But it did. It came back kind of recently, and I don't know why. Sometimes if you look at Apple, there's always some, like, something has made it climb the charts again, like a oh, TikTok yeah, yeah. or something, like with mm-hmm. uh, Fleetwood Mac's Dreams recently just had a, a burst because um, the guy this on is the amazing. skateboard... This is, this is
2: the yeah. first time that someone in our record store is in one of our lists. Congratulations. Ah, Do do I get a a picture on the wall or something? Yes, that's exactly (laughs) what happens.
1: But it's true. And and yeah, I was like, I'm not trying to like get bonus points or anything. Like, why would I? But it's true. Like this is one that would play over the actual original. And Treasure Fingers has so many great remixes, but this one's one of my faves for sure. Well, thank you. That's um, yeah,
3: huge honor. Appreciate that.
1: <laughs> and it's the same as like Shep Pettibone. It's it's like pretty close to the original. Um, yeah,
3: I was gonna jump in and say that that there's a, f- a few of my remixes where I just really love the original so much that I didn't I didn't want to mess it up. So it was very uh, delicate, kind of what do I take out and what do I add? And that was one of them. And um, another one. I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but my Foster the People. Um, fuck what's the song, song? <laughs> the song title <laughs> is it Anyways, is it the
1: pumped up kicks one
3: no I didn't oh uh,
1: well while you're while you're digging that up the Fergie one is good too that you have that's a banger oh uh,
3: a little bit of trivia that's the only kind of unofficial remix that I've that I've done
1: mm. oh
3: it's very very early on and uh, yeah I just took a go at it it was like that blog house, dance party era and that was just a big song at the time and it needed a a, a more dj friendly <laughs> playable version a funky version i guess um yeah but the, the the foster the people was uh call it what you want and it's one of those where um like sometimes i go into a remix with the mindset of like is this for the club or is this for um Usually back when this when I did this one, it was like, is this for hype machine yeah. or you know, just home listening? And this was one that I don't think I've ever played it in a DJ set ever. Um, it's just a bit slower, but I kept it if you compare it with the original, it's very, very similar. I think I added a bass line and put my own drums on it and stuff like that. But um it was one of those where I just didn't I didn't want to take too much out of the original. It was so good, so
1: yeah, the actually, you,
3: world of remixing.
1: You brought up hype machine. I'm surprised we haven't talked about that yet. Like yeah. when I first started out, I sucked so bad. I've got I've grown so much over the years as a DJ, but it's like how can I just find all these cool songs that, you know, people know but they don't know this version, blah 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 whatever. Hype Machine yeah. had all the remixes of all yep. these like indie cool indie songs. Yeah, that was that was a big era. Um, but I also wanted to call out this because I didn't I didn't really know this and I just learned about it that um walking on a dream actually uses interpolation of Billy Ocean's Caribbean Queen. Uh, Oh really? (laughs) Yeah.
2: This kind of rhymes I didn't know that that it makes sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's the part um where they say when two become one, uh I think is that what they say or does he say that? Now I'm getting the songs actually blended yeah. together in my brain. i have
3: to go confu- uh, compare them side by side. Oh, no. <laughs> That's he interesting, says, though. I, I never noticed that.
1: He says, and our hearts, they beat, as one. And our hearts oh. they beat as one. And then they say, when two people become one. But it's like the same okay. uh, sort of Melody? progression, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I thought that was interesting, too. I was like, what? Oh, I know how to go and listen to each of the parts just to see. Yeah, okay, cool. So, that was number four. Shout out, Treasure Fingers.
3: Wait, Ready? why wasn't that number one?
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. Because <laughs> that would be maybe too obvious. I was trying to kiss you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the top five is all Treasure Fingers remixes.
1: <laughs> okay, next is, no spoilers, Treasure Fingers. No, just kidding. Now, um, all right. So, number three is a remix of a Tidra Moses song called Be Your Girl by Kaytrenada. Nice. Yeah. So this one, um, again, the original is kind of, maybe this is a warm-up club track because it's not that like upbeat fast or whatever. The original is a lot slower and still kind of has that R&B, like a little bit house flavor there already. But Cajunada definitely made it his own and like put a Cajunada spin on it. It's a little bit faster. It's got more of a house vibe uh, than it did before. Um, It's really good. And it was so good that he actually got, so he did this in 2013, but then it got an original release or like an official release in 2018. Mm. So you can find this on Spotify yeah. or Apple Music. Crazy. He's yeah. amazing, though.
2: I'm a, I'm a big f- fan of uh, K. in general. His um, his albums I, I really, really enjoy.
1: Yeah.
3: So was that, that remix was a bootleg originally? Or it just, they just didn't put it out for a long time?
1: Yeah, they just didn't put it out. Um, and you could download it for free on like SoundCloud and stuff.
3: Oh, okay, okay.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that was number three, K. Trinata with Teedra Moses Remix, or, sorry, Teedra Moses Remixed by K. Trinata, Be Your Girl. The next one is number two, Fat Boy Slim's Body Movin' by the Beastie Boys.
2: One. I'm so glad yeah. you brought this yeah. one up. Um, this one, to me, became the real version. Like, like the, the yeah. album version yeah. is fine yeah. and everything. But I think because they used this version in that really great Spike Jones music video, I was like, oh. No, uh,
1: that wasn't Spike Jones. That, that was actually sp- MCA's video. No kidding.
2: Wow. Yeah. It had such a Spike Jonesy flavor. Good for MCA.
1: That's great. Yeah, well, I mean, he used... I think if we're thinking of the same video, there he was like, used, um, like,
2: skydiving and all kinds of wacky stuff happening in it. Right.
1: Yeah. He used like actual clips of danger, diabolic from the movie, uh, Italian movie, danger, diabolic. Wow. And it was like, but all, spun off of the movie inspired by the movie, but then actually used, I think real clips of it in there.
2: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, I didn't know that. But, uh, but, but, oh, yeah, but but for the same reasoning, yeah, I yeah, because this is the version in the music video, I definitely considered this like the official version. And then when I would hear it on the album, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> this isn't the fun version. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, they put out that, that uh, album, that, uh, like, The Sounds Deluxe. of Science. And on The yes. Sounds of Science, they include the Fatboy Slim version, but not the original, uh-huh. which I thought was pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, and then when they like re-released "Hello Nasty" as the like deluxe version, it's on there.
2: Oh, interesting, interesting.
1: But but well, both both of them are on there. But
2: I agree with you. It's 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 an epic remix that feels like the original in many ways. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I love it so much. I'm kind of obsessed with the Beastie Boys right now. I don't I don't know if I've talked about it here with you guys before, but um, I I just finished the Beastie Boys book. That's what it's actually called, the Beastie Boys book. And it's like a a biography. And man, just learning about their influences and stuff in in the 80s in New York City when they were teenagers, it's really cool. It's really cool. They're cool dudes. Yeah,
3: I'm putting that on the list.
1: It's awesome. Actually, get the audiobook if you're going to get it because there's so many celebrities that read on it, like really cool celebrities. Oh, cool. Kim Gordon is is on there, but I had to actually I listened to it, the audiobook, but then I got the physical book to see all the pictures too. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's super good. And also something I just learned about this song, the Body Moving remix um, by Fatboy Slim is it's interpolated from the bird's song Fido, and you can hear it. Mm. It's like Kind of the bass section, the melody, it's, it sounds like it a little bit. But, um, but you know, with like way more electronic elements. And there's a sick drum break on the Fido song. Interesting. Check. Yeah. Check. I'm going to have to do
2: a little A B comparison to that later. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah, I could definitely see that. Huh.
1: It's, um, it's hard to notice if you're not paying attention.
2: Right. So right. you could
1: hear the, the Bird song and be like, oh, this is a good song. But you would never be like, oh, wait, is this the, this kind of sounds like Fat Boy Slim. Beastie Boys remix, but it doesn't sound like it. So yeah, cool, cool stuff. Wait, I'm already at number one. That was really fast.
2: Wow, we're at number one already? Do we, did
1: we yeah. skip some? <laughs> no. Wow. We had Shep.
2: Yeah, you zoomed through
1: it. Shep, Pettibone, Treasure Fingers, Cajunada, Fat Boy Slim. Wow. So now we're at number one. Yeah, so number one is classic, house track, banger, Todd Terry's remix of Missing by Everything But The Girl. Uh, Oh, nice.
2: uh... Yeah. Big tune. Yeah. So no overlaps then. No overlaps at all. Wow. Wow. No
1: overlaps.
2: I love it when that happens. Because yeah, we just have 15 brand new songs for us all to enjoy and uh, put together and think about.
1: Yeah. I feel like I I wanted to say that, but there isn't, I didn't want to spoil it for you guys, but there was kind of, it was more of an overlap in like um, time, like time frames Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. me and Treasure Mm -hmm. Fingers because there was that whole like indie 2K Thing that happened, well, but um, um, Body
2: Moving almost made my list. That that that, that was oh. in my on my short list for sure. So that was close. But uh, everything but the girl. I feel like a remix of everything but the girl is just pretty much everything but the girl, right?
1: Not in the early years. Mm. Um, that was gonna. I was just about to say this. Much like the Fat Boy Slim version of Body Moving, how it kind of became the original for you and for many of us. Um, this one. Missing, Todd Terry's version of Missing has become the original for me. If you hear the original, it's much slower. There's, doesn't have that sort of like house beat behind it, but that's what made it popular it was kind of a, a miss for them. But then when he remixed it, it hit the charts. Um, and now it's like this epic song that we all know and love. Um, but I mean, everything about the girl obviously is amazing. That's no diss to them, but the song was not a hit the hit that it became after Todd Terry's remix. Yeah.
3: Hmm. That's interesting sometimes when uh, the remix is what makes the song popular too. Like it just didn't, it was a good song. It just was, maybe it wasn't even pushed by the label properly until there was, you know, a remix package or something attached to it.
2: And often throwing in like a different vocalist too. Like I remember, um, this, this is a strange thing to remember, but it just popped into my mind. Uh, Moby put out this song called Southside, Side, but the remix had Gwen Stefani, but the album version didn't. And so the remix became oh. very popular, but the album version yeah. was like, whatever.
1: <laughs> I yeah. remember that. I remember seeing them on some late night show and she had like this new mullet haircut. And uh, Gavin Rossdale is playing keyboards in the back. (laughs)
2: Oh, that's so cool. I mean, I I know that era is completely dead and gone, but I have always found that to be an adorable 90s couple.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think they hate each other or something. Probably. I mean, they they have a kid
2: together, so I'm sure they're at least, I don't know.
1: Like two or three kids together. Wow, really? Wow. Yeah. That's cool. (laughs) Um...
2: How do we get to this?
1: <laughs> Shoot, I was going to say something too, and now I've forgotten.
2: Well, I know you love everything but the girl. That, that's come up, come up yes. a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I freaking love them so much. Um,
2: speaking of, of Todd Terry,
3: uh, Tara may know this one, but have you heard the Hercules and Love Affair? Do you feel the same? Todd Terry remix? It came no. out 2014, I think. Oh, it's so good. It's an incredible remix. I would probably put it up there with the honorable mention. It's, it's just such a vibe. It's pure like Todd Terry, but with, you know, Hercules and Love Affair.
1: Cool. At the heart of it. Sounds awesome. Oh, that's what I was going to say. We're talking about just like, uh, remixes that became popular on the radio. And of course, no one wants to talk about this one ever again or play it. But R. Kelly's ignition remix. Yeah,
0: oh,
2: yeah. yeah, excellent point. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the remix is the version. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I can't lie. I'm a little bummed about not being able to play that one anymore. Thanks a lot for ruining it. No, R. Kelly. I, I
2: follow you. Um, speaking yeah. of both that and um, our shortlists. I had one of my yeah. short list that I didn't want to mention just because I'm so mad at one of the performers right now. It's um, Ariel Pink, Fright Night, oh, sh- and it's the Dame Funk remix. <laughs> I love oh, Dame yeah. Funk.
3: Dame Funk. Uh, yeah, Dame Funk's incredible. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But I just didn't want to say the words Ariel Pink, so <laughs> I, I left yeah. it off my list.
1: <laughs> freaking garbage person. That
2: was that was crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, let's, let's not dwell on that. Let's talk about some more let's, short lists.
1: Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about our short list. Should uh, I...
2: Oh yeah, please hit us with someone. Yeah, some, Tara. let me just
1: jump in since I'm off, off of my list. Um another shout out to Homemade Crystal Clear. Everything is embarrassing by Sky Ferreira. That remix mm. is so good. Mm-hmm. Nice. And it's kind of a slow, yeah. slow song generally, but like I can play this in the club because it's it's you know hyped up just a smidge. Um Disclosures remix of Jesse Ware's Running is so good. Uh Frank Ocean's White Ferrari remix by Jacques Green. Um, Diplo's remix of Gold Digger and then uh, I'm going to only say two more because I have a long list but um,
0: <laughs> Rel is
1: this uh, New Jersey club DJ and he remixed Rain Girl by Yeji and it's a banger and then last one is uh, Kelly Lee Owen's remix of More Than a Woman is super mm. tight
2: Mm. that was yeah, a lot it's I'm sorry strong list very nice how about you treasure fingers you got any uh, oh yeah you you had one you're number six
3: yeah I didn't make like a long short I kind of stuck to the five and but one of them that I wanted uh, to give some shine because the the remixer is he's still I think he's from Peru or somewhere and he's not a big name by any means uh, but it's dismissed this charming man uh, Louis Leon bootleg mm. and when I saw this um well, it's one of those where I'm not uh, a Morrissey fan based on uh, <laughs> whatever. Politics. Speaking it, of R. Kelly and said. Ariel Pink. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Understandable. But the Smiths, this Charming uh, Man was always just like such a favorite song of mine. And when I saw the remix, I almost didn't listen to it because it's one of those things where I'm like, no, f- fuck you, shouldn't have, you shouldn't have remixed this song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I listened to it and it was done so tastefully but with its own vibe uh, it, he just he just killed it and I used to end my probably for about four or five years I ended every one of my DJ sets with it wow. just because it just went off and it was it was a bit lower energy than what most of my DJ set had been I think it's under 120 beat per minute and I'm typically in the mid 120s when I DJ but I would end with that, and obviously lots of people know the song, so they sing along, and it was just such a good like ending yeah. for yeah. for a night out.
1: He's, um, he's really good. I have uh, a few remixes of his as well, and I think my favorite of his is uh, re- uh, another Depeche Mode remix, which is Everything oh, yeah, Counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. Counts yeah. is so good by him. I love it.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just – I feel like he's not really a big name, and he – he's gotten a little bit of shine for these bootleg remixes, but uh, still kind of relatively unknown, you know, remixer out there. I do have one more I would like to mention. And it's, it's a, it's not technically a remix, but it came out as just edit and it's Cassius, 1999 edit. And the album, I will straight up skip the album version. i do not like the album version. I don't know what's up with it, but when it gets to Cassius 1999 edit, that version is wildly different from the original. And it's so good. I don't know why that wasn't the, just the version.
1: Hmm. Yes. I
3: I need to dig into the history there because I don't know what what happened. But I think even the video and everything was the edit.
1: Yeah, everything is the edit, I'm pretty sure. Except for the song on the actual. But if you go
3: back and listen to the original, it's, nothing like the edit so yeah very very confusing but that was another really really big song of mine that uh it dragged me closer into the the house world for sure especially like the disco like the filter disco kind of french the french
1: house vibe yeah and that's another Mm -hmm. producer like r.i.p that um one of the guys from uh from like actually just worked did so much work with other bands um and produced so many great things Yeah. Dang. I forget his name. It starts with a Z though. Maybe. Anyways, Seth, what's your short list?
2: Um, I got quite a few, but uh, a lot of we've mentioned already. So I'll I'll stick to a couple. Um, I love Madlib. I talk about him as often as possible. And uh, he has done some really great MF Doom remixes over the years. Uh, One of my favorites is is the Space Hose Mad Lib Remix off of the Occult Hymn EP by Danger Doom. I really dig that one. Um, Another big uh, remix thing that happened recently that I really enjoyed was the 100 Gex Remix, 100 Gex and the Tree of Clues. Uh, So many good things on there. Uh, My favorite is this one song, uh, Ringtone Remix, featuring Charlie XCX, Rico Nasty, and Caro Caro Benito. Really good stuff. Um, I feel like 100 Gex is just prime for remixing just really you know they're they're halfway there already so that, that that's a really good one and let's see mm, I'll stop there I'll stop there <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah there's just a lot of good stuff happening in the world right now yeah. and uh, as you so so can much. see from all of our lists there's it, it, it's so vast and so different in like the styles of what a remix is that um okay I'll say one more <laughs> the boy from yeah. school remix <laughs> by Jane which is um Anyway, I'll just say that. I'll put that out there.
1: <laughs> um, Boy from school, the... The um, hot chip song. Yeah. Hot chip song. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, but cool. anyway, speaking of recommendations, we, it's time to uh, close up the store for the night. So The last thing we do is we restock the employee recommendation shelf. Um, let's see here. As long as I'm talking, I'll just spit mine out. Basically, I, this is just the, the latest album I've listened to that really had an impact on me. I really, really enjoyed it. The album came out in 2018. It's called I Left My Heart in Uncanny Valley. And the artist's name is Petunia Liebling McPumpkin.
0: I haven't the slightest idea. A lovely party. It will be a lovely sight. It is the <laughs>
1: what?
3: <laughs> I love it already. Like <laughs> I love anything unrelated to Uncanny Valley type stuff and the name. The artist names incredible. Yeah.
2: Petunia Liebling <laughs> McPumpkin. And she's she's a trip. She, she's really wonderful. Um, very kind of outsider artist vibes. Like she's clearly just like doing everything on her own by herself, like with like a small production value and just kind of just like kicking it out. Um, have y'all ever seen this short film called Possibly in Michigan by Cecilia Condit? Have y'all ever seen that? No, No. I'm not. Well, if anyone in the store knows what I'm talking about, (laughs) it's got vibes very similar to that short film. Anyway, it's like outsider art, it's a lot of fun, really experimental, really just like creative and making do with what you have at hand. And um I really recommend it. Uh how about how about you, Tara? You got something to throw on the shelf?
1: yes oh my gosh I cannot stop listening to SZA's good days like on repeat every day all day long
0: ads out, some ice, you'll be heavy in my mind. I
1: can't stop I highly recommend everyone listen to it it's so good has has it been
2: officially been announced yet if that's part of the upcoming album or if that's just a one-off single have they said
1: yet I think it yeah, I think she meant. Well, I think I saw it on like Genius lyrics page or something. Okay. Where she said like on the album, there's a bunch of different stuff, and this is different from the rest of the album. So mm. I think I think it will be on a new on the new album.
2: Okay, I I just remember her fighting with her record label not too long ago. So I'm glad yeah. things seem to be moving forward, and we'll actually get a follow up to Control pretty soon. So that's great. mm Hmm. Uh, how about how about you, Ash? I know you don't work here, but uh, you, you got something you've uh, been enjoying lately. You want to throw up on the shelf?
3: Yeah, it's kind of a, a newer fine. I think he's been around. Uh, I don't know since 2016 or something, but West Side Gun, mm. and they have a label called Griselda, and they their output is incredible. It's just tons of full albums constantly. But there was one that really stood out to me earlier this or earlier last year. And it's called fly God it's an awesome god too with the every time the wind you
1: imagine my vision I had so
3: there's obviously a fly God is an awesome god one but this album um it's very very new york hip-hop uh all the beats are heavily sample based um and I feel like for a, a long time I don't know if it was from just getting way into Atlanta rap, or just falling off and not keeping up with like New York rap. But I really missed that aesthetic of you know just finding a dope loop to sample yeah. and you know some dudes killing it over the beat. And um, so this album, it sounds like they found the breakdowns of these samples and then they rap over them without adding any drums or any extra percussion. It's so like lo-fi at the heart of it um, until there's a track in the middle of the album where it actually has drums and when that comes in it's like it just hits so hard because you've gone through so many tracks without drums that you're just like it's just like a pure head nodder but um, yeah I I listen to to the Westside Gun stuff a lot but this album it just really impressed me from a production standpoint of how minimal it is but how they absolutely kill it like it's just so good.
2: I, I have a yeah. huge question for you, which is, um, I've been trying to get more and more into the whole Griselda, you know, what, what would you even call them? It's, it's like a, a family basically, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, I'm having the hardest time finding just like a good hub where it's like, Oh, here's all your albums. And now I'm going to listen to them. You know, like, like, like what, what's been your place to go to, to actually listen to their albums? Um, uh, mine's been mostly Spotify, mm-hmm. just following, uh, each
3: of the artists and seeing, you know, which pops up on release radar. It, they're one of the few artists or labels that I'll go and actually search and be like, huh, I wonder what they released this month. Cause <laughs> yeah. They released So much music <laughs> that I feel like I've, I, and I just looked them up and I've, I've, there's a new one called the hurt the hurt business that I have not heard yet that dropped on January 5th. So they're just one of those labels with in- extremely high output where you got to kind of keep an eye on them. But, uh, Spotify has kind of been my spot. Um, Although I recently switched to title. Hmm. Hmm. So I need to start transferring all my stuff over.
1: Um I have uh I keep Spotify and Apple music, which is a lot, but whatever. I love music. Also, yeah. shout out yeah. to your shirt, Ghostly Arthur Russell instrumental shirt. Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah, hey, they wait. dropped a whole I got the hat too. Let's see. Yeah, here's my my favorite hat now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah.
3: Yeah, they dropped a whole line of uh arthur russell flyers as merch
2: um just a couple months ago man it's it's always hard for me to actually get their gear because it sells out so quickly every single time Mm. yeah i
3: i woke up and i got the email and i ordered it immediately and then i checked it that afternoon and everything had sold out yeah i was hyped good stuff yeah
1: yeah good stuff Actually, we have to shout out our our Discord channel because since probably a lot of this music isn't on Spotify for our playlist, people have to go check it out on the Discord. Yeah,
2: yeah. Hunt it down. Find it. Honestly, I mean, that is, it's, it's the closest we can get in today's world for like digging through like, you know, the shelves at like an old record store is digging through the internet to find obscure remixes so i hope everyone enjoys that (laughs) but uh uh treasure fingers an enormous thank you for coming and joining us today it's been tons of fun yeah thank you guys great chatting with you guys absolutely anytime come by the store whenever you feel like it and uh thank you to everyone else who's here in the store uh listening in on our convos but uh unfortunately uh i think it's really time for us to close So uh, thank you, goodbye, and uh, happy trails, everyone. Until we meet again.
1: Record Store Society is hosted by Tara Davies and Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to recordstoresociety at iheartmedia.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society.
0: Record Store Society is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you in excruciating pain brought on by your son, daughter, or spouse suffering from addiction? The sleepless nights, the constant worry, and the feelings of isolation. Recovery Centers of America wants you to know you're not alone. Addiction destroys families. But if you call Recovery Centers of America today at 1-888-RECOVERY, your loved one can begin to recover. And so can your whole family. At Recovery Centers of America at Monroeville, your loved one will be treated with compassion and dignity by expert addiction professionals while recovering in a world-class facility. Family support services will give you knowledge, connection, and community so that you can begin to heal and recover as well. Call 1-888-RECOVERY today. Recovery Centers of America accepts insurance, provides transportation, and offers intervention services at no cost. Patients are admitted 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now.